Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 37 of the Power Company podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. First off, thanks again for showing up when I asked for a favor. Um, We've now got 95 star ratings and 70 reviews, well on our way to our goal of 100 by the end of 2017. And as far as I can tell, you guys are killing the game. I mean, these... These reviews are in-depth and thoughtful, and it's not just, hey, good podcast. Uh, You guys are putting a lot more into it than that, and I really appreciate that. I love reading this feedback. Uh, I do want to read one that we got somewhat recently um, from John Frisbee, and John titles his review, Honest Truth and Excellent Guests. And he says, Chris and Nate provide tough love that can be hard to find in the climbing, training, blog, podcastosphere. They've helped me take a critical look at what I'm investing time and energy in. Also, excellent guests. Chris knows the who's who of training for climbing and both provides good dialogue with these experts and knows when to get out of the way and let the master talk. For example, Stevie Haston's interview. I would like to see them get Mesh and Ilgner in future episodes. John, thanks a ton. I really appreciate that, and uh, we're trying hard here, so thanks for recognizing. Um, We actually have had Arno Ilgner on the podcast in episode 17, and I've got several more conversations with Arno recorded, so you'll be getting those sometime in the near future. And I've talked to Steve Mache about recording, and we're going to do that this summer sometime. Um, I'm actually going to try to record an episode with a bunch of the Shrimp Shrine crew as well. Um, it'll probably just turn into heckling each other for an hour, but, you know, that could be a lot of fun, and some of us need that. So, so yeah, look for those in the future, and thanks again, John. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you've not yet listened to episode 36 uh, pr- about our proven plans and you want to train with us, you have any interest in training with us, you should definitely go listen to that episode. Um, the proven plans have gotten glowing reviews thus far, and um, and we're really excited about them. We've put a lot of work into those things, and we're excited to sort of unleash these movement drills onto the world, and, and the Proven Plans are the first place that you can get those. So if you're interested, go listen to that and check out our Proven Plan options. All right, I think I just want to jump into this thing. Uh, this topic that, that we're exploring in this conversation with uh, a friend of mine, coach and trainer, Dan Mursky, um, is that following your psych, following your stoke is an important part of the the process of progressing your climbing and getting better. And, um, you know, this conversation started as something different. It started as a conversation about uh, red pointing and how to really dig into a difficult red point. And we, we chose Dan's route, Solid Gold, 
to talk about because it was an interesting case. And we came across something uh, about the process that Dan hadn't really thought about. And, and you'll hear that all coming up. Uh, but the conversation that we're having is, is really relevant to me right now because I've been having this conversation with several of my clients. And, you know, one, Dana, recently we were talking about, you know, her, her identity has always been as a comp climber. That's just how she's seen herself. And, and she's sort of wrapped up in that. And, but she's not having the same fun that she used to have in comps. And even though that's what we've been training for uh, is a specific comp, um, she realized her stoke is starting to lean more towards outdoor bouldering. And, and I suggested to her that, that that's the direction we go. You know, if she still wants to compete, we can still do that. But let's focus more on what she's stoked on. And and she's ultimately decided that maybe she doesn't want to compete at all anymore and that she really just wants to focus on what she's most excited about. And I think that's a really smart, mature decision to make, especially when your identity's been wrapped up in one aspect of climbing. And yeah, I think that that motivation... Uh, goes a long way. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you don't really feel like training and you're, you're giving yourself an excuse that you should just go sit on your ass and eat ice cream, uh, even though even though I do that fairly often. Um, I'm not saying you should do that. I'm saying globally, overall, if you're more motivated to do something else, then that's what you should be doing. I mean, ultimately, this thing is supposed to be fun for us, right? Not many of us are making our livings off of going out and climbing rocks. So what this should be for us is an escape, a release. It should be fun. It should be a passion. And if we're just constantly beating our heads against the wall on something we're not stoked on, we might be going down the wrong path. So uh, without further ado, um, Dan Mursky. Maybe don't know. This time, this time, this time, this time. You know, I mean, as as scientific as we're getting with training, which is awesome, the spirit is just like doing what you're inspired to do. Power. Power. This time to build. Power. This time, time, time to build. Yes, sir. Sitting here, catching up on some coaching emails. Man, I feel you. That seems like my life now. Well, that kind of is my life now. Yeah, likewise. They they keep coming, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of a cool shift in climbing to like see adults willing to be coached and yeah, like understanding that it's valuable. Yeah, Yusuf and I were just talking about that this morning. You know, something that's just kind of happening right now. Yeah. People are actually looking at uh, the energy, time, and money they're willing to put towards training as more than just, well, I already pay for my climbing gym membership. Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It's really cool. Yeah, it's been that way in a lot of sports for a long time. For a long time. I mean, you even look at sports. Climbing is a more complex sport, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, even if you look at, like, the the long-distance running world, people. Yeah, totally are willing to pay for training plans. Yeah. And and you got to like, I still feel like, uh, you know, 50% of the time or more, I'm convinced, I'm trying to convince rock climbers why 
doing more than just showing up at the gym and flogging yourself for hours yep. is, is a good idea. Yeah. And, and it might be worth, you know, your financial investment. Yep. And I'm glad people are getting there. And, you know, I think that kind of blends well into what I want to talk to you about because, you know, coaching is more than just telling people, here's how many seconds you should be hanging on the hangboard. Right. You know, that's not the full scope of what we do. In fact, it's a teeny tiny part of it. And, um, is something that I think you're well versed in that a lot of people can use help with are these like uh, tactics, just what you go through mentally to to send a route that's really difficult for you. And I specifically want to look at, and we can go all sorts of directions here, but I really want to look at your route solid gold because I know that it's it's a really interesting case and in that you were working on golden, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, had been. Uh, for a couple trips to the cathedral. Yeah. Had to walk away from it a couple times. Yeah, and you didn't ever do Golden. I you, have now. You actually decided that you were going to do the harder, undone, direct, rather than projecting this route that you hadn't done yet. Yeah. Which is, I think that's a cool mental leap to make. So let's just, let's rewind and start with Golden. Like what, you know, when you started on it, what did it look like for you? Man, when I started in on golden it was it was way above my pay grade um so it's almost sort of like i kept getting ahead of myself in that cave and i think part of it is just the cathedral cave for me is perfect limestone climbing right it's my favorite style at my favorite angle in a in my favorite setting yeah, so you're inspired by I'm it just, already. Exactly. I walk into that cave and I'm just inspired to try hard. I could sit there all day and, and envision different ways to climb out that cave. And then when I get bored at looking at the wall, I turn around and I just face like the expanse of the Utah, Nevada desert. And right. there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Yeah. And I just wish there was endless routes there to climb. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I first uh, entered that cave probably in like 2000 seven or eight and uh you know at that point i'd maybe climbed 14a a couple times and i had to try golden because it's just the coolest looking line yeah it looks amazing and it climbs amazing you know yeah. i mean it's got it all yeah and i tried it and i didn't do particularly well on it mm-hmm. but i just kept trying it because i was just so inspired to climb that wall and yeah i walked away from that trip being like Someday I'm going to do that thing, you know, regardless that I didn't really make any good progress on it. Right, just right. Like, I got to. Yeah, you're you know? just overstokered on it. Overstokered. And then um, maybe a couple years passed and I made a trip back there with uh, my buddy BJ Tilden. Yep. He's one of those guys that's just, you know, pretty much capable of crushing everything. Right. Um, and so he and I met up in St. George and we spent maybe three weeks there and it was like in advance it was just like we're going for golden cool. uh so we we it was super cool because it was a quiet time of year out there we didn't run into too many people and he and i were just both committed to invest in the rock climb together right um and bj's you know always been uh stronger than i am yep much a, more so a super as a, supportive dude yeah super supportive dude and he's definitely a better root climber than he is boulder so that kind of evens us out a little bit mm-hmm. because i'm more of a uh he's more of a boulder more than he is boulder. root climber yeah and i'm more of a root climber than i am boulder 
Um, and so it was awesome to, to have this experience of working on that route with him. And we definitely kind of were piecing together the beta, both making links. His progress was faster than mine, but we were both making progress. And then we would just go back to the van at night and hang out and cook food and talk about Golden. And <laughs> yep. all right, let's do this again tomorrow. And, you know, I mean, it was definitely one of those like total bro down, obsessed with the root trips. Yeah, that's that's the way BJ does it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think and, it's cool that he found a kindred spirit in. in yeah, Utah. I mean, that we had been friends before, but after that trip, we we're like buddies for life kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Um, and he sent that trip. It was awesome. And I didn't send, which was a bummer, but I had made it further, way further than I had before. I and walked made, away that trip knowing I could do it. Awesome. Whereas that's the time a huge before, leap to it, make. yeah. I mean, that's for me, um, you know, we've been talking about red pointing on a bigger scale. The, the most important step. And the most exciting step for me in every project red point effort is the moment it goes to the place where you know you could do it. Yeah. And sometimes that just means the time that you do all the moves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means the time you do that one link that you just couldn't conceive of. But yeah. there's always that one try yep. where you're like, oh man, I could do it. Yeah. And for big numbers, that's, that's a tough leap to make. Like, yeah. Like you were there the day that I fell off the top of Transworld when it was soaking wet up totally. there. Totally. I think, I think uh, my girlfriend at the time, Katie, was on flower power yeah, cheering you was. up while we it was happening. We were you having like, conversations, yeah, rest yeah. to rest. And I remember when I walked back up the hill, like I was stoked that I had just fallen there where, where I could have been crushed. Totally, you know? right. But I remember you saying, well, now you know you can do it. Exactly. Like, you know, and that was, I hadn't really thought of it in those terms yet, but that was a huge mental leap. Like, oh, now it's, now I can do it. You know, I'm then sure of it. at a certain, you know, if you get your head about it right, it becomes just a matter of time and yep. and work and chipping away at that point. But that that moment where you go from like, gosh, man, I don't know, to oh, I know I can do it. Yeah, that's like that's kind of the best part for me. Yeah, totally. Because I love the the whole puzzle, the solving it, the it goes from impossible to possible. That's like that's what I love about projecting hard rock climbs. Yeah, regardless of the time it takes, yeah, the time you have to invest in it figuring that puzzle out is cool yeah I, I mean you know of course everyone loves doing things fast yep sometimes it's just fast and dirty and yeah those were good but yep. you forget about them it's yep. those ones that like you had to invest yourself in and test yourself yeah that that stick with you yeah and totally. that was golden for me for sure so you're in you're in season two you season made two, huge progress big progress walk away dude i know i can do this thing and then you know two more years go by without getting back to it okay. you know it's just life climbing in rifle yep. living in boulder doing the thing and uh actually i think it was the fall i might be having these I'm, I'm old now so i might have my years off but i know i made it back there in the fall of 2013 okay and quick, uh, quick question do you think that the fact that you knew you could do it had anything to do with not getting back to it sooner. I'm only curious because I had this battle in my head with Transworld over that winter. Yeah. Like, like I, I basically just did it. Like if it were dry, I did it. Totally. Am I going back to it? I don't know. For me, I wasn't that close. Okay. So for me, no, that was like Golden was still one of those routes that I was just like, 
you're going to bed at night running through beta on your projects gotcha. and like that gotcha. one just comes up like oh, yep. golden keeping me awake at night okay um so no it wasn't that it was just the other things you know yep. the other rock yep. climbs that were closer life, life happened life happens closer rock climbing projects happen yep i made the decision to leave boulder um to live on the road you know i kind of like came in from living on the road when i moved to boulder and after a few years there i was ready to move on again and so this was that time and i basically was like planning that out for six to eight months and the whole time is like step one is go post up at the cathedral and do golden okay yep so get back there and uh i spent basically spent the month of november reacquainting myself with the route and kind of like had the awesome feeling that you know we've all experienced hopefully where you go back to something and you're like oh nice dude i'm stronger now yeah like this is not only possibly doable but it it's yep it's just gonna it's gonna happen i can do this yeah yeah um but that's also one of those classic style routes where the you got to do a lot of climbing just to get to the hardest climbing right uh so there's a lot of chance for your brain to get in the way and for that doubt to creep in and I started getting higher on the route and higher on the route and falling in, in the crux boulder problem, mm-hmm. maybe making it half a move further and half a move further. And I remember like right around Thanksgiving, I actually like had this go where I, I should have still like to this day, I'm like, I should have done it that try. Right. I kind of, I stuck like the second class move in the crux and all that was left is, is standing up and kind of dead pointing to this ledge ish kind of thing. And I, I like mis- weirdly stepped my my foot behind the other foot instead of in front of it, uh. thus creating this like pretzel position, <laughs> like or almost like a mermaid. <laughs> and I had no ability to generate up the wall. And I remember just sort of sitting there on these two holes, oh, no. looking at the ledge and knowing I wasn't going to get there. And you did I, say earlier tonight that your specialty is snatching oh, victory man. from the jaws of defeat. You know, it goes in ways. Snatching, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. I definitely did that today. Yeah. Definitely snatched some defeat. <laughs> I can't even say it right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. Don't learn it. It's a bad habit. And I, it's interesting. It goes in, goes in waves for me. Sometimes yeah. I'm really on my game. My yep. mental is super strong. Same here. And I do that one move. I go to the top and clip yep. the chains. Totally. Sometimes I don't know. It's just, yeah. It hasn't, uh, hasn't been there for me recently, even though... I feel physically pretty strong and good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was one of those moments. Um, and then I, and then classically, like has probably happened to all of us, or it definitely happened to me, I couldn't get back there. Right, right. And then the season started, classically, the season started closing out. It was yep. getting cold. December up there is, is kind of, it's kind of off yep. time. So totally. Um, I walked away again. Um, but I guess the the other important thing that happened during that fall was well, actually a little rewind. When I showed up that year, Joe Kinder, who's d- done a ton of climbing up there, route development, and is um, a good friend and and you know climbing role model, had uh, put in a bolt, and it really just took one bolt leading off of. The intro to Golden, which is in, in itself its own route called Space Shuttle to Kalab, where Space Shuttle breaks right and takes this line of weakness up into this hole, which is part of the route Golden. You all right. go climb into this hole. I mean, I would take my shoes off. Right. 
Ramsey, Bill Ramsey, had a stopwatch in the hole. Of course he did. I found I found <laughs> liquid chalk in there. I found yeah. rolls of tape. Totally. You know, you could sit there for two hours if you're, yep. you know, you could just have your belayer tie you off. It, you know, yep. so it really breaks the Joe wanted line. to skip the hole. Well, no. So, you know, Joe had already done a, a variation he had called Golden Direct. Okay. That, to me, was a little bit more like left golden. Gotcha. Um, and I think Joe had added this bolt... And did something different. He was just looking for a new challenge. I think he was looking to train for harder things in Spain. Yep. And just trying to get as much climbing as he could get out of that cave. Sure. Um, I, I, I don't actually know, but for some reason, he didn't just take it straight up the wall. But when I walked up to it, it just stood out to me. Mm. Like, you climb straight up the coolest panel of the wall, and it doesn't feel like it's contrived, but it just leads you in a path that avoids any opportunity to, to rest in these pods, whether it's right. like a knee bar or sitting down and taking your shoes off. It's just the line that goes up the strength of the wall versus yep. the weakness. Yep. So as I was trying golden that fall, I just was looking at this cooler line. Right. And even though golden was within my ability, it was still hard for me to do. Yeah, you were kind of epicking on I was, it. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. I was epicking on it. I mean, I've, I've done 14B a lot faster than I was doing that, for right. sure. It was getting in my head. At the same time, I just couldn't resist the temptation to try this more inspiring line. And it even got to the point where uh, I was kind of trying golden one time, and then I would tie in and start checking out the the variation which oh, was cool. you know the direct line because i would ultimately get to more or less the point where you traverse into uh for regular golden and so i still had a chance to climb on the whole route but all the while i was kind of like checking out these other moves right that connected into it um and so yeah the season closed out had to walk away and somewhere during that time away i just made this decision that I was just going to do the line that inspired me the most. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. And that's I, a big mental leap to make. I think it, it was, I mean, now that I look back on it, like I've kind of almost surprised at myself. I mean, I always take the, I like the hard road, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm one of those guys. It's like, what's the, what's the thing that's kind of the least my style. Let's yeah. see if I can do that. Yep. You know? Um, and, and I, and I think I just, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe it's that character trait in me, or or just it was just that that line that was I couldn't not try it, you know. So I, when I got back in the spring, I mean, I started going up there. I remember hiking up there one day to check to see if I could go climbing. There was like these icicles that it, it was like you know when water is. Um, seeping out of limestone holes yeah and then all of a sudden it had just frozen in mid seep so there's these icicles just shooting out of limestone <laughs> holes all over the cave i was like um all right this we're still not ready for the yeah. i'll come back yeah. in another month and check on it yeah so i finally started getting back up there way too early that next spring and i started really investing pretty much in solid gold i just abandoned climbing golden yeah. I had no idea really how hard solid gold was going to be, but I could tell that it basically just added more of a similar difficulty of climbing. So it wasn't that there was no moves I couldn't do pretty straight away. Right. But it was like 
doing a slightly easier route than Golden into Golden. Right. Which I knew gotcha. it was going to like build a ton and I hadn't yet built the fitness or or the, you know, resistance or the mental toughness to to do the hard part of Golden at the top after having sat in a hole. Yeah. But just started going for it anyway. Yeah, I I wonder if you had so the the go where you you know mermaid pretzled yourself up <laughs> when you were in that merman. position merman. yeah when you mermaned up <laughs> the if you had just gone up and done it the next go do you think you ever would have come back to check out solid gold dude i no you know i never thought about it like that i think i would have walked away yeah um, I, I would have just been like, yes, I did golden. I did my goal. Yeah. Because that was my goal. That was it. It was just go to St. George, do golden. No, um, I don't think so. So that was, you know, the merman yeah, think, moment think, was a blessing in disguise. And maybe somewhere like in your subconscious, it was like the stoke was disappearing for golden a yeah. little bit because of this. Oh, now I'm going downhill again, you know, or going downhill for the first time on this route. Totally, dude. And and then you're inspired by this other line, and you're like, "Oh, here's the Stoke." Yeah, yeah. Let I, me I follow think, this. I think I think that that is definitely true. I think I could. I think that was even maybe a little bit conscious on my part, where it was like, "I'm doing worse on this part. What's something else I could put some energy towards?" Yeah, that isn't just like any try where I'm not sending is a worse try. Yeah, so that every you day know? isn't just about failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. That's really, you know, I'd have to be really honest and genuine and say that that's for sure true. I mean, oh, I don't know if you ever experienced that on Trans World, where it's like once you totally. got that high, yeah, any other any try that isn't the top, the anchors is a fail. Absolutely, and that can be a really tough headspace to get into. No question. Yeah. So then, solid gold. Once you start working on it, did it happen that one season? It did actually. Yeah, yeah. So I. I Started going back up there. Was it the there. following? So it was the following spring. Yeah. I mean, I went, we went back to Colorado for a month. We came back. We, we were living in our, my Airstream trailer, like in the desert out in, this, out yep. in St. George. It's amazing. Such a good oh, man. time in my life. Sounds so cool. Just the good, simple life. Every morning waking up in the, the J trees out there. And uh, it was too cold to climb in the cathedral, but I love climbing at the VRG. So I was yep. stoked climbing at the VRG all winter and basically just waiting for the temperature to be 50 degrees in St. George. And I knew I could basically bear that up there at the cathedral. So I started going back up there and, um, you know, like it is when you go back to project, I I quickly started making good progress on the golden part. Yep. And there was, there was definitely some wetness. Um, I I've kind of infamously like coated this, on undercling hold in aluminum foil. Yep. Because I decided that that was better than grabbing a wet undercling. Um, and uh, I started making pretty good progress through the solid gold bit, which is essentially like two boulder problems that lead you into golden. Wait, you left the aluminum foil on it? Oh, yeah, yeah. For like a month plus. <laughs> so it wasn't like putting aluminum foil on it to like draw the wetness out like some people do. No. Well, how would that work? I've heard of people putting aluminum foil on holds and then removing it before trying to send. I'm not sure what that would do. 
Maybe I'm just mistaken. I think Maybe mistaken. they actually leave the aluminum foil on. Yeah, I, it, some of the person who explained it to me. This shit is crazy. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> but it actually like when okay, let me explain, and I think you might see the value in it. So I, in the Franken era, I guess. Yeah. I've never been there, but someone told me that that when the pockets wet, they'll just line the interior of it with aluminum foil. You know, the oh. pockets have sharp lips. You put your finger in it. It's not. It's a pocket, so it's not so much about friction. Right. And what happens is when you take your fingers out of the pocket, they're dry right. because you had your hand on the aluminum foil, not the rock. Ah. Oh, see, so I had I heard about this. I applied the same concept to this undercling. I had to reach all the way <laughs> over my head and grab, and then take down to my waist. It was basically like putting a five-pound weight vest on to do the move because, yeah. like. Try grabbing an undercling undercling covered pinch, a covered foil, aluminum yeah. foil over your head and go, pulling it down. Go do your that ways. in the gym and see how it works for you. <laughs> I totally had that wrong forever. Well, yeah, because like, there's no absorptive qualities of aluminum foil. It just yeah, means I never. Your hand from getting I thought wet. maybe it was some chemical thing that happened <laughs> because you can use aluminum foil to take rust off of things. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe aluminum maybe foil's magic off of things. Wow. <laughs> oh. Maybe I've been doing it wrong. Maybe that's the actually the answer. Yeah, but I'm pretty maybe, sure maybe you were supposed to remove it. In any event, <laughs> it kept my hand dry. It made the route a little bit harder. Um, but I was I was definitely making progress and putting the pieces together and going through my process, which I think you know I have spent a lot of time kind of working and uh, climbing in areas that projecting is a big part of it so uh -huh. you know i have a lot of tactics a lot of tr not tricks but just techniques i use to build make progress on a route you know so yep. doing big sections at a time i'd you know complete a section then i'd go down and i'd overlap uh, through yep. the next section and yep. you know the route was definitely coming together and it was getting to the point where i was getting back to falling at the upper crux of golden again uh, on my best goes yeah there was kind of a low percentage move at the begin, right at the beginning of Solid Gold, where I, you know, frustratingly have a he this heel hook slip, and that would like end a try or two. But yeah, I kind of came eventually all the way back to just being back up there again. Um, but it was a little bit different that spring, where like as I was closing in, I just maintained this really strong mental confidence, hmm. and I remember distinctly there was three straight climbing days not three days in a row but three of my climbing days in a row where i basically got one hand move further every day right and there's it's like a you know it's basically like move two three and four in like a five move boulder problem so it's just like yep Every try was just a little bit better than the try before, enough to keep that that stoker going. Yep. And then the day I did it, it was just like that those perfect sins. You just like watching yourself climb and execute perfectly. Yeah. And I didn't merman. You didn't merman. Yeah, that's important. Stuck the move. There's still like this <clears throat> kind of awkward, weird V6 exit move, exit boulder problem. Always had the fear of punting up there. Yep. Didn't do it. Crushed it. Actually um, climbed out of the cave and stood on top in the nice, sun. Nice, nice. And that was, yeah, that's still to this day maybe like the, you know, one of the best moments for me in rock climbing for sure. Yeah, I think that's really, really, really cool that you were able to see that 
option, even though you were epicking on the easier, quote unquote, version, and and then apply yourself to that harder version. Now there was no there was no training in between those two seasons, right? Other than just climbing at the VRG, or were you training specifically for solid gold? Or? You know, that was a little bit before I had developed. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of before your training yeah. days. Yeah, you know, I had I, I had like I would say I was training, but that looked like going and climbing in movement right. boulder, right? And climbing up the gray wall on the you know the lead wall there, which is great um, resistance training for sure. Yep, they, their settings great there. It's clean, straight, steep panel, but it wasn't. I didn't like have tactics or you know methodology worked out. Um, a program that I was on to train for golden. I just was trying to get stronger by climbing. Yep. Did you think you were a better climber coming into that spring? No. Nope. I just thought, I'm just going to do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the time. I'm here. I've got the stoker. I made some good progress last fall. I'm just going to keep beating my head against the wall on this thing until I do it. Yeah, I think that's cool. You know, we we kind of started this conversation talking about we were going to talk about a, like a red point campaign, but yeah. I think it's more important that you are like following your psych, following the stoke on this one particular line that captured your imagination more so than the thing that you were one move away from doing. Yeah. You know, and and which had it, which had actually been capturing my imagination for a couple of years, right? It just exactly, it just evolved. Yeah, and you just, and followed, just followed it. It, it. it shifted yeah. to another place, and you went there and went with that. And I think that's a super important thing for people to be able to wrap their heads around because I've I've abandoned projects when I just wasn't psyched anymore, and I've got on things that I thought were above my head and done them when I was just super stoked for them. And you know? I I'm maybe a little more stubborn than you and i've i haven't i haven't abandoned things when i when i should have maybe mm-hmm. i've followed through continued to bang my head and oh, most I, of the I do time that I've, too. I've done them <laughs> i do that too <laughs> <laughs> and and sometimes it's like a little underwhelming the satisfaction yeah isn't you're know, like okay cool i completed yep. it's like the, the complete like, check yeah move on yeah this was like full-on inspiration and like I, you know, I'll always remember just like climbing out of the cave, sun on my face, happened to be the great friends happened to show up that day, not because they thought I was going to send, just a random happenstance, yeah. you know, and classically I didn't even clip the anchors, I just ran off the edge of the cathedral cave and jumped back in, and oh, I was man, like, that's, that's so badass, yeah, had a grin I, on my face for days. Yeah, I think, I honestly, you know, this might seem like I'm cutting it short, but I think that's a really good place to just stop this. Just follow the stoke, do what you're inspired by. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's what you're talking about here. You know, I mean, as as scientific as we're getting with training, it's awesome. And yeah. I've certainly, we've certainly both gone down that path. The spirit is just like, doing what you're inspired to do yeah you know and that's like the most important thing with climbing that's the intangible part of climbing and and, yeah you know what will motivate and drive us all to be better climbers no doubt awesome cool now we can have a more scientific conversation all right all right thanks man yeah man 
You notice what Dan said there at the end that it'll motivate and drive us all to become better climbers. I think that's really important. Um, it's not all about becoming a stronger climber. Uh, you still have to be able to apply that strength and you know if you're not motivated it's not going to happen and I love it when a conversation like this makes it onto tape because so often they don't and I get so frustrated when I don't have a recorder on and I have a great conversation with somebody so thanks to Dan for sitting down with me and for letting this conversation go in an interesting direction you know I think that's what makes this podcast what it is Uh, if you're interested in working with Dan you can find him at the front training room in Salt Lake City And you can also find him on the social medias at Dan Mursky. Um, So reach out to him, touch base. And, you know, if you're in Salt Lake City, do yourself a favor and book some sessions with Dan. And one more time, if you are interested in working with us, our proven plans are now out. You can go to the site, which is powercompanyclimbing.com. Click on the proven plan banner and everything you need to know is there. If you haven't yet, we are still looking for reviews on iTunes. Uh, Only 30 more to go to reach our goal of 100 in 2017. You guys are killing it. And if you haven't yet, you can do it right now on your phone. You don't even have to press pause. You just go to your podcast app. You search for Power Company Podcast. You tap on our logo and then tap reviews. And from there, you can either... Tap on write a review at the bottom of your screen or you can read all the other great reviews that people have left for us and we appreciate those hugely. And uh, last but not least, share us on your social medias, on the uh, on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. You can find us at Power Company Climbing. On the Twitters, you cannot find us. We're not motivated to be there, so we don't do it. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Follow your motivation. So... We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time the bitch